1: achy dragon yeah man what's achy dragon doing? just like a, it's a negative energy bot <laughs> <laughs> what is up
0: everybody welcome into the DNBA show the dnvr nuggets podcast <laughs> there we go wow the vibes are off the charts today we are presented as always by DraftKings sportsbook make sure to use the code dnvr when you sign up and download the DraftKings sportsbook app you can see the logo right up there the upper right corner of your screen i'm harrison wind
1: alongside brendan vote what's going on man harrison merry Miss brother merry Miss and to you at home all around the world watching with us a merry miss as well happy december 15th merry
0: Yokemis. what a couple of days we had you know the nuggets at ball arena last night Beat the Washington Wizards. Monte Morris and Will Barton are back in town you know, for the holiday. Nice of them to come for that time of year. Uh, Denver wins. Nicole Jokic has, I think, one of his most dominant games. Dominant, yeah. I think, is the word I'd use. Yep. Of his entire NBA career. And it falls on the eve of December 15th, the eve of Jokic. It's like we
1: we talk about this perfect story with the Denver Nuggets
0: vote. It's, it keeps adding up, I feel
1: like. Nuggets 2.0, on the way. It is, there is something to these little moments in the season. Yeah. It's such a long season, and it can be a slog for all involved, as is well documented. And I think these little moments that are invigorating, full of vibes, they can galvanize a group. So for the Nuggets, I actually think it started in Portland, Jamal Murray, with a very vibey performance. Sure, And then since then, okay, sure, the defense hasn't inspired much hope, but the way... They're winning, the way these games are going. It does feel like things are turning in the right direction, you know, just from the feel. Right. It's, it's been, it felt fun in Ballerina last night. It feels like a holiday today. Yeah. i surprised. We're celebrating.
0: Already. I mean, I thought about getting some
1: Rocky out.
0: I'm still not ruling that out. I haven't either, man. Throughout the duration of this show. I haven't I mean, either. We'll see what happens. Thirsty it is Thursday? right over there. I mean, I'm looking at it right now. Rocky I brought back directly from Serbia,
1: That's from Belgrade. The good stuff. The best
0: Rocky in all the land. You got to know a guy, and
1: we know a guy or two in Serbia <laughs> at this yeah.
0: point. Uh, we'll see. But um, we got a fun show. We're going to talk about Yoke Miss a Little in segment one, go over a little bit of the history of December 15th, because I know a lot of you guys have been watching this show you know, for a while, for two, three seasons. We got a lot of new viewers as well, so I thought it'd be appropriate to just give a little history lesson on why December 15th, why Yoke is such an important date in Nuggets history. And then we'll go to the mailbag. We got a lot of great questions from you guys that will hit in segments two and three. Um, but first, let's go back to December 15th, 2016. And Climbing. I'll even go back a little further um, than that because that was Nikola Jokic's second season in the NBA. And if you remember at the start of that season, the Nuggets tried to play... Nicole Jokic, and Yusef Nurkic together. How'd it go? It went, to, it went really bad. Mm. Um, it did not go well. It was bad vibes. You could tell those guys were uncomfortable on the court together. You could tell they just didn't really like playing together, I don't think. But the Nuggets started 3-6. and six. And then on November 13th, this is just nine games into the season, Nicole Jokic goes to Michael Malone with tears in his eyes, as people have described <laughs> it. It might be a little... You know, the tears a I little feel like, d- like dramatized. <laughs> that's but. a year three detail. That, that wasn't <laughs> yeah. in the first story. <laughs> yeah. But nine games into the season, Nicole Jokic goes to Michael Malone and asks if he can come off the bench. Incredible. Think about that for a minute. Like, Nicole Jokic, second round pick, has this great rookie season. He sees that the pairing with Yusef Nurkic is not working. He asks Michael Malone to bring him off the bench. Um, it's funny. That game on November 13th, the first game where he came off the bench that year, it was against Portland. Denver lost 122-105. to Jokic went scoreless on three shot attempts, but was a plus 11. Naturally. (laughs) Of course. So that goes on for a bit. Jokic actually came off the bench for longer than I remembered when I just kind of went and looked back at it. So that was on November 13th. And then we go all the way to December 15th. So pretty much a month later, the Nuggets are 9-16. and Jokic is playing well off the bench. He's captaining the second unit. But just the Nuggets still aren't playing really well. They're 9-16. and They're coming off a 2-4 and road trip. The last of those four losses was in Dallas where Jokic had a huge game. He went for 27 points off the bench against the Mavs. Ahead of that home game on December 15th, Michael Malone makes the switch. He was talking about it last night. He said he was. This is probably another year, four, year, five detail after the fact. He was lying in his bed wondering what he was doing, why he was bringing Nicole Jokic off the bench. He was keeping him up. Just couldn't fall asleep, Harrison. (laughs) Pulling the hair out of his head. Yeah, but he does make the switch. Of course, Denver cruises in that game against Portland. Jokic actually doesn't even post a huge stat line, but you could just tell something had shifted and was different that game. Nuggets go 31-26 the rest of the year. They have the best offense in the NBA from there on out that season. And, I mean, the rest is history. Now we're here. And um, it's pretty incredible to think back on. Did I miss anything? Or no, I, I think – Did I get it,
1: pretty much all of it? You got it. The only thing you missed was a young vote watching the Nuggets on League Pass in uh, Barney's Beanery in West Hollywood. Shout-out, Barney's. Shout-out. Shout-out, out Barney's. Thinking to myself – Hey, this fellow looks good. I yeah. I'm gonna watch some Nuggets this year. Yeah, as we know, the rest is history. And now it's they—they've gone from does this guy belong in the starting lineup to who are the perfect starters to put around him because there's a title opportunity that can't be wasted. But the way it happens is appropriate. It's Jokic. You got it. This is a guy whose career, in many ways, almost never happened. Right? In, in more ways than one. And even when he gets to the NBA, even after he's seen himself play well, you know the world almost had to drag Jokic to this realization: you're one of the best there is on the planet, maybe ever. That was it's a reluctant hero in that way, and it starts all the way with looking at his first opportunity and thinking, "This can't be best for the team. Let's try something else." I know that is not the origin story of a lot of MVPs in any sport. Right. Usually, it's no bench the other guy. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> I just hey coach. I love him. Love my teammates. I give us the best chance to win out there. But no, Jokic yeah. takes the other approach and that's it's even as his game has changed in so many ways, he's stayed true to that that version of himself and it's it's unique. I was in the locker room after the game last night, just kind of
0: trying to take in the moment. Mm. I felt like it was a big moment. Like Nikola Jokic last night after the win over the Wizards, Michael Malone and the Nuggets presented him with the new Michael Jordan MVP trophy and of course like Jokic has this ridiculous game also which you, the guys covered on the show last night but you know he goes for 43 points he misses three shots the entire night he only missed one shot from two point range and that shot he actually got the offensive rebound on and finished and With got foul fouled yep. uh, he missed two threes one of those was a half quarter that he actually almost hit almost hit it was online it was good out of the hands <laughs> But he has this ridiculous game. He gets the MVP trophy afterwards. So I went to the locker room to kind of actually see if I could see the trophy. That was really my main reason of going into the locker room. Um, I didn't really get a glimpse of it. No, he was hiding it pretty well. Um, But I was just standing there with, you know, friend of the show, Matt Moore. We were talking and we were thinking like, Imagine if on December 15, 2016, like we told ourselves that this guy would win two MVPs and do all of this, and we'd be here right now talking about all the ridiculous things that he's done <laughs> in the league. It's unfathomable, man. It's, it's just a crazy, crazy story um, that who knows where it's going to go. You know, it, it's still got chapters and chapters to sure. it, but it started on that date, and just Thinking back to where we were then, and how crazy we would think we
1: were if we said what was going to happen. Thinking of the checkpoints along the way, all the various mountains he's climbed, dragons he's slayed, in terms of matchups, rivals, and and guys he's been placed side by side within the media. And each step, you know, we would we would you know started long before you and I knew each other well, Harrison. But all of us, we'd get giddy in the parking lot. You know, we're off the air. Just what is possible here. It might he be better than blank, Kristaps Porzingis. Maybe he's better than Kristaps Porzingis, and that thing just kept sliding up. And honestly, man, in in the most outlandish we got in in the old days, I wasn't sitting there saying back to back MVP with a ch- with with an earnest chance at back to back to back MVP. Mm-hmm. That felt a little ridiculous. And right now, it feels like the sky's the limit. So Malone had to reflect on it. Great question by Katie last night. And, and, and so it's right for us to now, not something to take for granted as a sports fan. Yeah, Nuggets fans don't need that explained to them, though.
0: Yeah, for sure. I mean, I always tell myself not to take it for granted. I never do. I, I soak it in every single time I get to watch him play. It's the privilege of a lifetime, really. That's like right. it's, it's something I will never forget watching this guy play um, you know, through all the years from December 15th. I mean, I was at that game. And just to where he is now, it's crazy. He was just sitting in the locker room last night, man. You would think it would have been a uh, loss to the Pistons earlier this season. He's just sitting at his locker chilling. Yeah. it's like He signed a couple jerseys for uh, a couple team employees, talking, was on his phone, getting some like, post-game treatment done by a couple trainers. Then, you know, just went, took a shower, came back, got dressed, did the media thing just another day at the, the office, arena man. almost without
1: the trophy right <laughs> um, just another yeah. just another day for the michael jordan mvp right. nikola jokic and right. and you know man that <clears throat> that's all appropriate that story and the game as you mentioned the ga- the performance he put on on that night and it's perfect because and let me be very clear this is a compliment not a criticism it would be erroneous to say it would be incorrect to say that that Jokic played a lazy game last night. But I think it's accurate to say he was in second or third gear, which is only to say it was that effortless for him. And obviously, even he can't do that every night. But if they're not going to double and there's no Chris Stapps-Porzingis, kind of feels like he can. Yeah, That was light work.
0: It was funny because I remember thinking the f- over the first couple minutes of the first quarter when Jokic had a couple turnovers. Do you remember? He yeah. had like two or three turnovers and – the first quarter a couple of those came in the first couple minutes i yep. think i was thinking that the wizards actually started the game defending him pretty well i thought they were single covering him and then you know they would come with the double but then that guy would be like jumping back and forth showing back and forth and i felt like it threw jokic off for a second and so at the beginning of the game i actually thought the wizards were defending him kind of well um but then he scored a couple baskets and Washington stopped double-teaming him at all. Yeah. And then he just scored every single time in the third quarter when he went 7-7 to for 15 points, and then the game
1: was pretty much done with. Yoke loves the third quarter, I feel. I mean, I know the fourth quarter, but there are so many games that don't even get to clutch time because he'd had that kind of third quarter. Yeah. Do you think he just comes out after halftime and he's like, fine,
0: fine, I'll I'll win the game. I was trying to get you to do it, jamal. i was I was trying to let you lead us tonight, Mike, but I'll do
1: it fine. Well, I think what happens is, you know, the team falls apart around him every third quarter. <laughs> yeah. So these are like minus two quarters where he's the best player on the floor. yeah
0: um, I want to bring up a fact about December fifteenth that I guarantee you nobody listening to the show has ever heard. This is great. I was <laughs> researching December fifteenth this morning. I came across something that I never knew before, and this just adds to the December 15th lore. Kale, maybe zoom in on that just a little bit so people can see it better. Screen record this for your bosses. Take a picture of this, screenshot it, tweet it out. The first game of basketball ever was played on December 15th.
1: (laughs) Stop going to work on December 15th. We need to make
0: this... A national holiday. No, not even a national holiday. A world holiday. A world holiday. The only people who are allowed to work
1: on this day is us. We got to put a yes. show on for you. I will
0: willingly work on I'm December
1: 15th. Gladly. More than happy to go to work and podcast and watch basketball on December 15th. By the non-zero, but probably less than 1% chance that your boss is a fan of the show, DM me. I'll write him a letter. Yeah. I'll type it. My handwriting's pretty bad. I'll write him a letter. Um, don't work. On december 15th it's it's a real holiday did someone just fall down the stairs i think somebody just fell down the stairs i didn't see who it yeah, was wasn't me this time I yeah mean. um no but how incredible is that uh, that that fact is unbelievable yeah that's too good to be true i think it was super producer kale who said somewhere in the slack it's like he was meant to be the greatest i know and you know what you know what i did this morning i looked at the career all-time box plus minus leaderboard. <laughs> I like to do that, you know, I thought, on the occasional morning. I thought maybe he is meant to be the greatest, Harrison.
0: <laughs> maybe he is. You know, that's that fact about the fifteenth comes from KansasMemory.org, if you're doubting it at all. I mean, a, a peer-reviewed .org website. So, I mean, it's it's got to be fact. Yeah, but, um, facts. I don't think that was, like, the first regulated game of basketball, but the first time
1: it was played. That's good enough for me, yeah. That December fifteenth? That's that it really is too good to be true. It's when basketball really started. You could argue it's when basketball really started. Just kidding. Jeff Morton probably hates that sentence. <laughs> I know there's a history. Yeah. I just thought that was cool. It adds to the December
0: 15th lore a little bit. Oh, and, of course. Um,
1: it's a great detail.
0: We're still going to be celebrating December 15th for years and years. Long past when, you know, I'm done covering basketball. So I think Yokemus will outlast Christmas. I don't know for sure, but it's, it's got a good shot with uh the way things tend to go in this country. It could. It could. Uh, let's hit a break real quick. On the other to- on the other side, we will get to the mailbag. We got a bunch of great questions that you guys submitted. Uh, so let's hit a break and then get to that. Okay, was the live
1: chat frozen on our m- monitor? Okay. That's right. I'll look at it on the computer. Uh Harrison, you want to know a little story? When I first when my I first aged out of my parents' medical insurance. As you know, I was scrapping it through the sports media landscape, the pre-gambling money sports media landscape. Yeah, I feel like that was a big moment in sports media when the gambling yeah. money came in. Uh, on account of we all have jobs now. It I, gave
0: us like 10 more years. Yes, yeah, so yeah,
1: <laughs> we were all ready to pack it up. Uh, but I was I went a little bit without health insurance. I thought to myself, what's the worst that can happen? This is a true story. I got scarlet fever. <laughs> Two Days into it, who gets scarlet fever? In I thought that was eradicated. Yeah, me too. I said, How old am I and what year is it? is what I told Dr. H. Anyway, here's my point don't go without health insurance. That's why I want to tell you about Denver Health Medical, which wants you to know it's open enrollment time for individual health plans now through January 15. Denver Health Medical Plans offers elevate exchange plans available on the Connect for Health marketplace with great benefits and affordable plan choices. You can also call direct at 303-602-4912 and sign up online at denverhealthmedicalplan.org. Open enrollment for exchange runs November 1st to January 15th. Enroll by December 15th to have your coverage being on January 1st, 2023. Call today, 303-602-4912 or visit www.denverhealthmedicalplan.org dot org get insured or you might just get scarlet fever so take it from me you probably won't get scarlet fever but you might get something else you should still get insured (laughs) you know what else you should get illegal pete's because burritos are tight and so is queso i'm a fan of green chili i like margaritas illegal pete's combines all these things into one neat location heck there's one on colfax not far from the dnvr bar sometimes the fellas get lunch there a real treat okay oh, I got lunch there today look at that Illegal Pete's is a partner of ours once again and they're hooking you all up with a little something extra this year spend $100 on gift cards and score an extra $25 for free so for the Denverite in your life or for the person that you've just been trying to get to go to Illegal Pete's with you more often get them a really big gift card get yourself 25 extra bucks and enjoy that good good queso what's your go-to order at Illegal Pete's it's a bowl actually. I get a bowl too. I'm a bowl guy. The burritos yeah. are a bit much for my uh disposition. I get I get I get water weight, bro. I get <laughs> if I'm eating wraps and bread, I I blow up. I'm, I'm watching not, calories this time of year. Yeah, man. We don't we're not all on that Harrison Wind Peloton routine, you know. I'm
0: long off that Peloton routine. You haven't called me the Peloton Prince in a while. We haven't. Deservingly. I mean, I'm (laughs) I'm not that anymore. I wish I was. All right, guys. Welcome back to the DNBA show, the DNVR Nuggets podcast, presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. Use the code DNVR when you sign up and download the DraftKings Sportsbook app. We got a bunch of mailbag questions to get to for the rest of this show. Uh, So I'm going to leave it in uh, Super Producer Kale's hands and, and your hands to...
1: To see what we got here. What we got in the mailbag. Cool. Uh, for all international fans, how does Denver celebrate app- app- slash appreciate Jokic and Yokmus? Now, I wanted and this one's from uh November in no- November in Denmark. Thanks, November in Denmark. Well, this is kind of a nation thing. You know what I mean? It's it's I think we've talked about it on the pod, but the momentum behind it is really growing. Yeah. I don't know if you saw the Denver Nuggets official account tweeted out happy yoke miss this morning
0: yes yes uh, i did see that um boy well, it was a a topic of discussion in the post game yep press conference uh i think because of katie's question indeed and then michael malone said something like don't we have to call it something it should be a holiday it should be a holiday that's what he said and katie said yoke i mean it already is a holiday coach like Get with the
1: times. Get with, get with it, coach. Yeah. Get with it. I think we are getting there. I mean, not the actual holiday part, unless, you know, Mayor Hancock happens to listen to this show. Um, we'll see what we can do. But I, I think this actually is, in my opinion, like the third year in a row where Nuggets Twitter has actually stopped and made an earnest effort to celebrate Jokic, to do do what we did at the start of this show and reflect on how insane this ride is that we're all on together.
0: Yeah. I think it's important to go back and look at the history, like you do during any holiday. Mm. You know, any any important holiday in the calendar, you go back, revisit the history. That's what we wanted to do for sure on today's show. I think we did. Um, you know, throw some maybe Serbian traditions into your your daily life. That's the next step for me. Yeah, that's the next step. Maybe a maybe a little. I can think of I can think of one. It's calling our name. It's a siren call over there. Yeah. So. I like that you brought up that the Nuggets have acknowledged mist Now they need to acknowledge the Munder. Yeah. They need to acknowledge
1: um, what else? I'm kind of blanking on some of our, but they we I think the Munder is. Yeah, Mike. Yeah. I think, yeah, Mike is kind of over, over, like mainstream Nuggets culture. Yeah. The Munder, I feel, my personal belief is Malone is aware of it and almost says it several times a year. Do you think they'll ever acknowledge Mr. Nugget? Did you see our uh, our friend AP at Mile High Sports posted his clip with his interview with Monte Morris? I think last year, uh huh. And they're talking about Gary Harris, and I swear Monte comes a second away. He says, "I mean, if you when it comes to Nuggets, like if if you want to talk about Mister, like like that's Gary." Oh,
0: really? I gotta find the clip. I gotta retweet it. Yeah, it's uh,
1: but so I think they know it. Um. They really should, man. This would be a really fun award. And it's not one that I think the only hang up would be does it come at the expense of others? Like, you know what I mean? Like picking favorites and all that. But I think it's a fun thing. And I think it would celebrate and encourage a dying art that Monte has mastered, which is hey, I play for the local team. You're yeah. the local fans. There should be some kind of relationship here. Yeah. Well,
0: I said on the post game show last night, but in case you missed it, I caught up with Monte Morris. After the game. High little chat said what's up. I asked him who he thinks the next Mr. Nugget should be. <laughs> I was really hoping for a definitive what tell answer you? from the person who holds the Mr. Nugget title. He told me he can't decide.
1: You know, he can't be the one that decides. It's probably tough, probably tough for him to make the call. It was a very Mr. Nugget answer of him though. I think it's a good sign, though, that we have multiple candidates. Like Monte and Gary were such obvious ones. Yeah. But even as this roster has turned over a fair amount, it's still stocked with likable quality dudes. So, you know, Bones, AG, lots of options for this one still.
0: So somebody posted that uh, video of Jokic and his brothers in the club in Miami after that win last year. Mm-hmm. Do you know who the two guys are? like arm-in-arm arm with Jokic and his brothers dancing a, to the Serbian said, National AG's Anthem. back there, yeah? It's Aaron Gordon and Monte Morris. Oh, man, of course. Oh, just just think about that. Man. All right, let's go to next question. That's a lot of food for thought. <laughs> I know. I really left you with a lot there.
1: This one uh, comes to us from our, our friend in Australia, our friend down under, Josh Barnett. At the risk of sounding sappy, December 16, obviously, was 15 for us in the States. Uh, 2016 was actually the day of his mom's funeral. Sorry for your loss, Josh, even all these years later. What Joker has done for my beloved Nuggets and transformed them into has brought so much joy for me in the past six years. So his question is, what Joker moments or highlights bring us the biggest smile or the most laughs? Um, we could go for an hour on this. So yeah, just try to think of a couple off the bat. For him, he says the game winner over Embiid is right up there. Whew yeah yeah um i mean
0: a lot of the moments like i think about i'm laughing because of yeah Uh, a lot of them happen at ball arena when we're there watching the games and i'm just sitting there Mm -hmm. laughing because it's so stupid how good he is um last night i feel like it was just a lot of his like um full court outlet passes like we take for granted how on the money they are every single time. He did have one last night that he overthrew. He but, did um, to Bruce. Yeah, he, they're just on the money so often, man. All right, I, I got to come up with a good one here. What are the some defining Jokic moments that I always think there's, about?
1: There's there's one full quarter to me. It's the definitive yoke full quarter, and just, I believe it's Jamal streaking, and Yoke is actually starting the pass before he even turns around. It's a one handed rebound sure. right under the rim and it's turn and throw before he even locates him. Um, I'm, th- I'm trying to think of some. We know the obvious ones. So I'm trying to think of some of the other ones. I mean,
0: just recently, like the Jokic headband game. Yeah, headband Was game. a
1: defining moment of last season for sure. I mean, shit, last night, everything he did last night, I was laughing. Yeah. Because they literally couldn't stop him.
0: Uh, I mean, the seven, of course. Seven's big time. Maybe the most memorable regular season game of his career. All the game winners over all the big guys, respectively, Rudy, Cat, Towns are all up there. Yeah. I mean, you go back earlier in the Jokic tenor, you had, you know, the Warriors game where obviously he was great in some of those great wins back in the early days. Um, the fastest triple double of all time is always one that, like, I will hold near and dear. I was lucky to be in Milwaukee for that game. I don't even know why I was there, but I was there for some reason. I was traveling. And Every time I think about that, and every time he's got like 10, 6, and 5 in the first quarter, yeah, I always think about how ridiculous is it that he actually got a triple-double
1: in 13 minutes. It's insane.
0: It's insane, because he can have a perfect first quarter and still come nowhere close to getting that. It, That's what I always think about. I
1: don't think that record will ever be broken. I honestly don't. I mean, unless the game changes dr- drastically even further. but um, yeah, You have to play such a perfect... 13 and a half minutes to get a triple double haley keel points out the 30 that he dropped in the fourth quarter in overtime combined against the pelicans is a great one
0: yeah that is that the most dominant of a game individually i've seen nicole Jokic play maybe
1: because of like what it drew out of him in terms of how difficult it was. There was something about last night that looked so easy. Right. I mean, he was going up against
0: Taj Gibson, who yeah. should be, like, on a coaching staff somewhere, not playing. Right. And
1: Daniel Gafford, right. who people get excited about but actually kind of sucks. You could play that game a hundred times, and it, it goes that way a hundred times. So it's it yeah. was a bit – you know, it's one that I always laugh at, too – there was, um, it's against the Spurs, and I think Derek White might be like the low man. And he throws, it looks like basically a slider in between two defenders on the weak side. Right. It kind of bends in front of Derek White's face. Yeah, cross court to the corner. Yeah. Is it the MPJ? One, the know? one where
0: Michael Porter doesn't
1: see doesn't coming see it and bobbles it. And then still tries to shoot it, I think. And then this one, because it never counted. Do you remember his and one three pointer in Toronto? where he, he kind of yeah. gets clobbered off the He's on kind of the side he, of the court by midcourt. Yep. Yeah. And he just turns and throws, and it's nothing but net. Yeah. I was thinking of that last night when he took that uh, th- full quarter, because I was just thinking, like, I expect this shit to go
0: in. Right. He also had one of those against New Orleans um, last year in that game, maybe his most dominant game of his career, where um, he was, like, so, so good. Yep. He had that, too. I'm
1: First, sorry, but you guys are missing the most obvious one. It's the three-point Sambor in Serbia.
0: Yes. I, I was saving yes. that one
1: for another question. You're right, Kale. It's it's way <laughs> up there. Thank you, Kale. Yeah. The first Sambor shuffle, too, like the first time he did that as a shot in the flow of the game, I was like, what the hell am I looking at? Oh, yeah.
0: I mean, he's got so many in the playoffs, too. We could go on forever. Um, game 82 in Minnesota, I think the first time in, like, a big game when we realize this dude is always going to show up when it matters most. Was it the
1: third quarter? Where yeah, I think it was one of his first like seventeen point third quarters.
0: Yeah, fucking Taj Gibson Taj fouling. Gip. He got to make him a call every play on, on, the on Taj
1: Gibson for that game last night. I saw it. <laughs> all right, ones. we could do this all day. Okay, let's, let's move question. on. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, if you were Santa Claus, this is from Pastor Rhett, What gift would you leave for each nugget under the tree? Just do a couple. Um, Bruce Brown is getting whatever the new hot... Oh, he's getting that Pins and Aces seven-beer golf sleeve. (laughs) Oh, wow. (laughs)
0: Yeah. Or is this only... uh, Do we have to shoehorn in a sponsor with every one of these? Michael gets a Vanilla Porter Jr. Michael Malone, he probably could go for a uh, Breck Brew, Um, a heavy IPA. Going to hook Bones up with Denver Health Medical. (laughs) He could probably use, like, Athletic Greens Bones. Yeah. (laughs) He's got to get his immune system up to speed. He's been sick too much this year. Uh, drink orange juice, Bones. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, let's see. Who else
1: do we have as sponsors? I mean, Yoke gets a horse, obviously. That goes without saying. <laughs> Yoke gets the Michael Jordan MVP trophy. Yeah.
0: Yeah. All right. Uh, next question.
1: Let's see. A- what Aaron Gordon gets whatever he wants. Here? December 15th is not only Yoke Miss, but also the unofficial start of trade season as free agents can now be traded. Who are players the Nuggets should target and what are some potential packages? Omar skipping right through the vibes, getting down to the nitty gritty.
0: Yeah, I mean, December 15th, it is Yoke Miss. It is a very important day in Nuggets history. It's also the official start of NBA trade season because this is the date where a lot of players who signed new contracts this summer are now eligible to be traded. Um, and then I think by January 15th, pretty much everyone who is going to be eligible is eligible to be
1: traded. Trade targets. <sighs> All right. I'll just say it so the chat doesn't have to. Kelly Olynyk. Kelly Olynyk. This is a popular one bantered <laughs> about in Nuggets media circles. <laughs> Kelly Olynyk. <laughs> there are circular tables in the press lounge. Yeah. You ever think about that? Uh yeah. Why, why Kelly Olynyk? Well, because I think one of the problems or what we're told one of the problems is they're running into here at the second unit is you just, it's such a completely different play style from virtually everything they'd like to do when 15's on the court. So obviously Kelly Olynyk is not Jokic. Hot take. But he's a smart player who can shoot, who can run dribble handoffs, who can make some passes, who can do some of the things to the point where and it at least resembles what they work on in practice, what they're used to doing.
0: Yeah, Alex Caruso has been the guy for me. I feel like Chicago is going to be the biggest seller, or at least they should be, of this trade season. Mm. I mean, they're 11-16. and They've lost two in a row. They just lost to the Knicks. I think that was last night. Uh, They're down bad. They're going nowhere. You feel like this is going to be the time for them to sell off their parts, Probably try to grab those Lakers picks. I'd probably
1: send DeMar DeRozan to the Lakers. I bet you that happens. Alex Caruso, what kind of package does that? The problem is, the Nuggets don't have those middling packages. They've got like, yeah. Like,
0: does Arturis Carnasovas like Zeke Naji? Probably not.
1: Damn. Just All right. Killed my hopes. Well, there's that. Also, your boy Christian Brown would be right out of the rotation at that point. <laughs> What are you going to do at that well,
0: point? Well, I'd, I'd win that uh, thing I bid for on the auction. On That's true. Show a couple of days That's ago. important. That's yeah. important. Um, no, I think Alex Crusoe would be great, though. I mean, he is the type of guy that you look forward towards the playoffs, and you could definitely see how Denver would use him, just another super active wing perimeter defender who's just a disruptor on that end of the floor. Um, I feel like he's fallen off a bit this season. You know, I haven't seen as many of those Alex Caruso Twitter viral no. moments as I've seen in the past. Well, he's
1: been pretty far removed from the Lakers at this point. <laughs> that's actually you know a, what? That's it. That's, that's all it is. Uh, that's actually sure why. he's doing the same stuff. Yeah. Um, okay, you and I joked about this one. I actually don't think it's, I think his stock internally has moved up since Jericho Sims. The, I don't think the Knicks are trading him. I don't think so either. But what? that's a different. So if Kelly Olynyk is the well, you run some kind of, you know, considerably worse version of the same offense. Jericho's the other direction, where it's okay. Let's get an actual athlete rebounder, potential rim protector. Yeah, I,
0: I think I'm at the point now where I'd rather have a, a wing guy than a back center. center. I think that's fair. Kelly Olynyk he would make the bench unit better no doubt. I think he'd make that unit actually really really good offensively. Um probably even better defensively as well. My
1: only issue with the center cuz I actually think some thoughts on DeAndre and Jordan. I think he's cleared the initially very 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 low bar. I think having said that it's a little easy to overstate how far he's cleared it. All the same ultimately I find Given that Yoke is the first-string center, those minutes are tenable, at least defensible. You can survive them. But it does feel a little bit like who are we kidding with that when we get to the playoffs, right? Is DeAndre Jordan going to play in the playoffs? That seems hard to believe. Here's how it's going to go. He's going to play the first half, get run
0: off the court, and then not play the second half. Which is why I—that's how it will go in game one. I can guarantee you. Clip this, right? Save it to your computer. Like tweet it out at halftime of game one. Like that is how the first game of round one of the playoffs are going to go for the Nuggets, and they'll maybe they'll win. But I mean, that's just how it's going to go.
1: So that's at the heart of my, you know, of that inclination of me wanting to to say, let's figure that thing out before they get to the playoffs. I don't know if it's the most important question on the team. I think you're probably right about an, an. a wing type or one more stopper as well. But I think those are the types of moves, right? It's... I do think the... Depending on how you feel... Well, I do think the core is, is probably good enough. And, and you're really looking at shoring up some of those those questions and positions.
0: Yeah. Look, when healthy, I, I really don't know if they need anything to win a championship. I think if healthy they have the roster to win a championship. Like, I think they definitely could get it done with this exact group. Another defender
1: I really think would help, though. I think so, too. The the Caruso one is interesting. I just don't think – like, to me, Denver's either got this really light Zeke Naji flyer package yeah, or big roll of the dice, how desperate are you for, you know, like Porter's contract type of deal. And those the in-between trades, I think, are tough right now.
0: Yeah. All right, let's move on to another question.
1: Okay, so this is this is a tough one, and it is if you're going to pick top one play of Jokic, what could it be? And for me, I know a lot of recency bias in this one, but for me personally, it is the Sambor shuffle over Giannis. Yeah, in Belgrade. that might be it for me too. I just the the context for us being there, of course, but also can you believe we were there? Draft, yeah, like, that's unbelievable. <laughs> we How were we so, this. How we so lucky? How were we so lucky? Kale just giddy over there, man. And here's the thing: not a lot of people watch this game um, back home here. I'm sure, and us being there live for the entire thing. This was a big time game. Both of these teams needed this win, and it. Absolutely turned into Jokic versus Giannis. Both those teams played so freaking hard, so hard, and and it was Giannis and Jokic guarding each other. Like it was an old school oh, star. Oh, for sure, like, yeah. And Jokic outplayed him, so it was to me that was uh, you know, we haven't seen Jok get to do that in the finals, but this is Giannis at the peak of his powers, wanting that game with every ounce of him, and Jokic not letting him have it. So that moment for me is up there. I just remember how loud it was in Stark Arena.
0: The entire game, but more so after that shot went in.
1: The just the, the noise, it was deafening. Dude, the I gotta say, of you know, watching the World Cup, the Serbia chance, Serbia. Yeah, sure, dude. Oh yeah, it, g- like
0: it gets the hair
1: standing oh, up on your man. arms.
0: Man, it's bone chilling in Belgrade. It's also awesome. you know what song I heard recently? I think it might have been during one of the Serbia World Cup games or or, or something. Um, the song that I forget it, but it's the one that that one guy made into Jokic on fire. Yes. Na-na-na-na-na-na-na.
1: Yeah. yeah. I think they were playing that outside their hotel. And if I
0: hear that song,
1: Qatar, like it's on dude you're <laughs> <laughs> so right like i'll start i'll start partying on the spot right
0: like that, like that song <laughs> i don't care where i
1: am it's so true i'd pound a shot of rakia <laughs> without hesitation it actually is my top run through a wall song right now you're right yeah it's a great point yeah uh, uh so yeah that that's that's awesome here
0: or is it time for another break Cal? yeah l- let's hit another break on the other side we'll wrap up with some final questions here
1: on the DMVR Nuggets podcast. God, time flies when you're having fun, you know what I mean? When you're just reminiscing. Uh, freed from Desire, Metro's on fire. Chat helping us out. Okay, what day of the week is it? Thursday. It is Thursday. Oh, what a treat. Thirsty Thursday. Talk about DraftKings Sportsbook. America's top rated sportsbook. Also, an official sports betting partner of the NBA, which stands for the National Basketball Association. New customers can bet just $5 pregame money line on any NBA team to win their game. Like the Nuggets. Get $150 in free bets if they do. Tight. Plus everyone can combine multiple bets for a bigger payout with DraftKings same game parlays. You know, back Jokic, fade Tatum. The more legs you add, the more money you can win. Just bet on Aaron Gordon's score points. That is a the Gordon bets are. I would love to see how many consecutive games Aaron Gordon has hit his over in points. And if you're like a real one, you'll try to win the famous vote ten leg parlay. I'm the I'm the only person in human history to hit that, so See if you can match. And then Maryland sports fans, you can get in on the party now. DraftKings Sportsbook's live in your state. Just bet responsibly for everyone. You know, it's a lot of fun when you find your units. stick to your units. This isn't supplementary income, but it is a lot of fun. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Get in on Holiday Hoops Actions. Sign up with code DNVR. Place a $5 pregame money line bet on any NBA team to win. Get $150 in free bets if they do. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Code DNVR. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions do apply. See show notes for details earlier in this show i alluded to bruce brown's potential christmas gift
0: bruce brown was wearing cowboy boots in the locker
1: room last night was he really yeah
0: i love it man it's such a good fit maybe he just won't leave denver because he likes the
1: lifestyle here so much bruce brown denver pay cut denver golfers pins and aces yeah just smooth fits left and right here Uh, If you want to get your fits off on the course or you want to get your drink on on the course, you got to hit up Pins and Aces. They're family-owned golf and apparel business based right here in Colorado. They make polos, they make hats, they make golf bags. And yeah, like we talked about earlier, an innovative product, the beer sleeve, that allows you to store seven beers right inside your golf bag and keep drinks cold the entire round because who are we kidding? That's roughly one-third of the fun when you're golfing. Check out PinsandAces.com and use code DNVR receive 15% off your first order and get free shipping, that's pins and aces.com. Who do you like in the World Cup final on Sunday? Uh, I like Argentina, but that's that's not that's rooted in me not wanting France to win anything. Sorry. Okay. Sorry. Flo.
0: Argentina's plus 180. I'm I'm getting up a DraftKings Sportsbook pick of the week
1: here. I think France has the better side. I think France is the better team for sure. Yeah. But listen, this is Messi's last chance. If he's got any magic left, he's going to dig it up. I feel like Argentina winning is the perfect
0: story. Me too. I'm f- cool with taking Argentina. Let's are, do we, it. Are we backing Argentina? We're backing Argentina. World Cup? All right, let, let's back One it. more for the time, World Argentina, Cup, Argentina the, uh, you and me. DraftKings Pick of the Week. We're backing Messi. I've always been a Messi guy over a Ronaldo guy. I mean, if I had to choose. I mean, who, who isn't?
1: You're like, always talking about Messi. Yeah. Really. Tiny King, by the way yes tiny king all
0: right we got uh, a bunch more questions so let's power through these uh, before we get out of here
1: some good questions a lot of people hanging out appreciate the vibes on this yoke yoke miss matthew kimura says now that we are over a quarter way through the season it's hard to believe yeah. oh that's a great question what is your updated list for the circle of
0: trust great question it's important that we check in on this topic uh throughout the season Um, let's see. I mean, Jokic in the circle of trust. Aaron Gordon is in my circle of trust. KCP is in my circle of trust. Bruce Brown is in my circle of trust. Christian Brown is in my circle of trust. Those five for me are locks. Jamal Murray was trending that way. He's kind of not in it right now.
1: Last night was bad. What was with that three pointer he shot? last That one night? was really weird. What was that? That was the thing. It wasn't just that he was quiet. It kind of felt like he, he'd been reading the court yeah. so well yeah. lately. So and I've got those five guys in my circle of trust. Any?
0: Do you have any bones to pick about any of those? I mean, everybody might not have Christian Brown in theirs. Yeah. I mean, this is this is me talking. He's he's in mine, but you know I'm not gonna hate you if
1: you don't have him in yours. I, no, I I get why you're doing it because the the floor on what he provides is so sure, so high. You know, he's going to come in and play hard and defend at a high level. Yeah. I would just say no because let's say he's on the floor in a high leverage situation spot. If I'm the defense, I say let's make him hit the shot. Do I feel like he hits the shot? I'll say no because he's a defense oriented rookie. But I think you're yeah. approaching it from a different way and I get. I get what you're saying. Yeah. I actually trust Michael Porter Jr when he's on the floor. Okay. I don't trust Michael Porter Jr. to be on the floor. Mm-hmm. Hence, he's on the outside looking in. Gotcha.
0: Bones, I have I think Bones is in my circle of trust. Um, but, like, I'm not, like, 100% sure. Um, I think Bones' year has probably been a little underrated. I mean, last night, he was great. Last night you looked
1: down and you're like, oh, Bones Island has 18 points. He's just associated with all these dreadful bench lineups right. where he represents the best hope.
0: But if you think about him as a scorer, yes. as a second-year player, as a point guard, toughest position in the NBA to play, it's pretty incredible what he does with the ball in his hands and just as a
1: scoring option. Yeah, I mean, this is Adam's big take right now, but his two-man with Yoke, that's the thing. It's To me, it's kind of about who he plays with. Yeah. You know, if he were playing heavy minutes with the starters, he's probably much closer to inside this circle of trust for just about every fan. But it's a bit of a volatile game placing some lineups that are going to go up and down. So that is what it is. The two-man with Yoke, when he does get to play with him, when there's any sort of other gravity on the floor, Bones Bones can get to the rim, man. And that's a big, that's a big skill. He now, can. Now he's just got to finish at the rim, and then he's in there for me. He can get
0: past his man every single time. He sure can. All right, what else do we got here in the
1: mailbag? Okay, is the Nuggets' best playoff rotation on the roster? Uh, This one comes to us from Bryson Owens, 16. Thank you, Bryson. If it is, who's in it? And if not, who do you move? And uh, what move do you see being made? So the playoff rotation,
0: I mean, five starters, one healthy, so let's throw Michael Porter in there for the sake of this. I think Bones is in the playoff rotation. Christian Brown's in the playoff rotation. Bruce Brown's in the playoff rotation. That's eight. And if I had to choose a ninth right now, it would be Jeff Green. Yeah. I think that's your nine. I think you're right. I think that could be a fine playoff rotation. It'd be nice to get another wing or maybe another three, four that can also play some small ball five mm. in place of Jeff. Like a Zeke or... I mean just a player if he of ever that. just plays a player of this the- <laughs> season. Maybe he can ramp up towards that. Yeah. I mean, we gotta start that at some point. Um, but Jeff is the ninth guy there, and I think you know, he'd be you know the guy you're you're teetering on the edge with if, if you're thinking about bringing in somebody else. Yeah, I, I think I think
1: you got that one right. Don't sure. need my help there. All right. Uh let's move on. Michael Shields says the players really seem to like each other, which is fun. But could this interfere with holding each other accountable, especially on defense? Is the culture too easygoing at this point? You want to take this? I think it's an interesting question. I would say it's funny because without being in these rooms, I can money down guarantee you Malone is not easygoing about it, right? Like the coaches probably are not. I don't think – I would think that the the liking each other and the holding each other accountable can coexist – I would say Denver's issue is just is just more quietness, not necessarily about like unafraid, you know, of like being afraid to call each other out. Just not something anyone's inclined to do. I feel like over the years that I've covered this team, for every iteration I've seen, we've kind of heard some version of that from Malone, trying to get these guys to talk a little more. And one of the biggest cliches in this league, and, and maybe it's quite accurate, is that teams take on the persona of their best player. Well, that, that, all, that all checks out here. Yes. I think it's a very good point
0: that Michael brings up. I think there's something there for sure. These guys are all tight with each other. Everybody's friends. The Nuggets have a lot of really nice guys on their team. Yeah, they do. Everybody gets along. There's not a lot of drama. There was a little bit of drama behind the scenes last season with somebody who's not on the roster anymore. Mm. Um, but you don't really see that with the Nuggets a lot. Again, There's a lot of nice guys. Draymond Green, he punches teammates in the face. Right. But at the end of the day, he's going to make your defense championship caliber because he's going to yell at you and get in your face and embarrass you if you mess up defensively. Right. And I don't know if the Nuggets have anybody on their team. Actually, (coughs) I know they don't have anybody on their team that will do that. That being said, there's not a lot of guys in the league that do. That's a good point. It's a dying breed. There aren't a lot of Draymond Green's. But if the Nuggets could find one, or if somebody on this team could become
1: that guy, that'd help out a lot. But the Warriors, I think, have struck me as a team that that's done both, right? They've, and it's probably the the angel and the devil in Steph and Draymond, you know, on on the shoulders, so to speak. But they have looked like a group that will hold each other accountable. There has been reported tension, especially during the KD years, and yet, how often does it look like they're enjoying their time together as much as anyone in the league? When you're winning, yep, it cures everything. So. I just think I think you're right. I think they just lack that guy who's willing to just stand up and say this is horse shit. Yep. So it's a good question. Uh, all oh right, as no. we are going to
0: another question, Kale just sprinted out of the room.
1: Um, I hope everything's okay. This is a first in like <laughs> three years doing this show. I'm gonna go to the tweet here and see if we can. I got. Uh, I've a live question actually okay, in the yeah, chat. Let's go to a live question because I think we can do. We can give a little bit of insight. Uh, Boken says, "Is there any update on MPJ?" Because this feels a lot like last season. He plays poorly, then he's out, then we never hear from him again.
0: I don't think it's like last season. I know a lot of people are saying that. I don't think it's like last season. He's out for this Laker game, but he is progressing. Uh he's he was going through non contact in practice the other day. I don't think he does he has done contact yet. I think that will hopefully come early next week or later this weekend. Um But I don't think this is last year. I don't think this is an injury where he could potentially be out the entire season. Uh, A heel is tough because it's just like a pain tolerance thing. Mason Plumlee missed 12 games with a heel injury years ago. Yep. Michael Malone said that and kind of compared this injury to that right when Michael Porter got hurt. Uh, So I don't think this is what happened last year. I think he'll be back not tomorrow against the Lakers. He's not playing that game. Maybe the game after that.
1: I would think he'd be back by late next week. That's kind of my expectation. Which seems so different, right? Last year, of course, they never actually declared him out for the year, but we never saw him again. And in this absence, you and I, all the media, and even some fans have seen Porter around getting shots up. So I think that he's out there in front of us at all tells you it's not like that last situation.
0: Yeah. All All right. right, let's keep going here. we got a couple more questions to get through on the mailbag, then we'll be done for the day.
1: Okay, the Nuggets are one of the best three-point shooting... This is for you, Wend. They're one of the best (laughs) three-point shooting teams. I actually submitted this. uh, Yet take them at one of the lowest rates. Is there still some more juice to squeeze out of this already insane offense? Great.
0: Yes, there is. There's so much juice to squeeze, man. The Nuggets are like bottom five in the NBA in three-point attempts per game. Part of that has to do with their pace. They play at a really slow pace, and if you adjust the pace, they're kind of more towards the middle of the pack. Mm. But still... They have so many good shooters on this team. How are they not taking more threes? In the first half last night, they went 1 of 5 from three-point range. But that's also a
1: sign of how good this offense is. They still scored 70 points in the first half. They were one away, so the Pelicans have the record this year with the with a win with the fewest threes made at 3. Denver makes 4 last night. Was it 142 points total. It's ridiculous. They and they couldn't threes. make a three. They couldn't make one. They only took 16 and so I think that's, I mean, look, the offense ended up going as well as it possibly could because they literally couldn't stop Jokic. Yeah. But there, it is still a great example of you're looking at this team going, I don't even know if this is the modern version of this offense for all of its potency.
0: Yeah. There is just a lot of room to grow. You think about the fact that Michael Porter Jr. has missed the last Indeed. 11 games. Your best three-point shooter has missed the last 11 games. A guy who's getting you four threes a night, usually. Right. You think about the fact that Jamal Murray has had about as up and down of a season as you could have imagined he'd have. I mean, this is about how I think everybody thought Jamal Murray's season would go. He'd have some highs. He'd have some really low lows. Yeah. He had a low last night. He'll probably keep having that for a bit here. The bench can't score still. Um, they had an okay night last night, but on a lot of nights, this team still can't score when Nicole Jokic is off the floor. There's just a lot of room to improve. Uh, so, absolutely, absolutely, good question.
1: Goal should be best offense of all time. I don't know if they do it, but that should be the goal. If
0: they're if they're not the best offense of all time, it's probably a disappointment. Like it, honestly,
1: especially if they're putting this little def, uh, defensive effort. That's in. <laughs> that's a good point. Okay, what else do we got? What is the – okay, this is a tough one. What is the actual problem on defense? Is it effort? Is it coaching? And what can we actually expect to change?
0: Well, if I knew the answer to this question, I would not be on this show because I'd be on the Nuggets coaching staff. That's right. Because they don't know the answer to this question. Michael Malone honestly sounded a little defeated about the defense last night post game. Did you get that sense as well? I
1: agree with that interpretation.
0: He was almost – Talking as if like they've tried everything, which I don't think they have, but he was talking as if they've tried so many things, but nothing has produced a defense anywhere close to average. And he (laughs) just seemed like he just seemed like he was at a loss for words of like how to put a like silver lining on, you know, the, the defense last night or anything.
1: Yeah, and I think part of it is if when the question is framed the way it is, I don't know if we're going to come up with an answer because I think we've seen all of these different aspects creep in. You know, communication has been there. Like that Utah win, the first three quarters, they didn't know who was switching or not. Like yeah, communication has been bad. But I also, when you ask the players, I think focus is probably the word that's come up the most. Yeah. And obviously there's this kind of elephant in the room thing to the whole dynamic of... Are they just waiting until the fourth quarter because they know they can probably win with yoke? That's not a good habit. And it's, it's all a terrible. It's a pretty habit. terrible habit. I certainly think Malone has brought this to their attention. And I do think, you know, schematically communication, that's on the, the coaching staff bottom line. But the effort thing at some point, you know, the players either bring that or they don't. Yep.
0: The more games that the Nuggets play and the more games where they're just off defensively I've just come to this conclusion that like you said it's a combination of focus and effort but both those things are kind of interwined yeah with, with one another I, there's schematical things that they can definitely fix I think they overhelp on yep. the pick and roll they give shooters way too much room shooters get just way too comfortable against the Nuggets defense um, but overall they just don't care I I just don't think they care for the first three quarters of of a game because they know they can turn it on and win in the clutch, which they have, and win fourth quarters. I think that's what Nikola Jokic and a lot of these guys think. And honestly, I can understand it. I can get why you would think that way. It's still early in the season. But you've got to flip the switch at some point. Because if you do this in the playoffs, you're going to get run off the floor in the first
1: round. It's not Boston's approach. It's not Milwaukee's approach. And they could rest on this, on similar laurels, but they don't. And yeah. so that's the difference right now. And then also you're right, the overhelping thing, and it, which is, I just think it's their attempted solution at no rim protection on the roster.
0: Yeah. So. Should we hit uh, one more question uh, before we get out of here? We're right
1: up against the time. Let's make this the last one. All righty. Is it possible uh, that Bones is going to be our starting point guard for some period of time as Murray spots up and shoots threes? He's clearly not all the way back. Um, And the difference between the two-man game with Bones and Joker uh, to Murray and Joker is glaring. Well, it was last night. Uh, Which two-man would you depend on as Murray okay mentally? So, So, no, you go for it. You go for it. I was going to say I think there's an obvious long-term answer, which is you trust in the Murray-Jokic two-man. Yep. And we have seen it absolutely pop off. Oh, yeah. It's
0: been great at yeah. times.
1: Murray was pretty was pretty bad last night, you know, just full stop. Oh, yeah. But that I don't think that's – I my confidence in their two-man in the clutch is nearly 100% restored to where it once was. Okay. I do think there's something to the Bones-Jokic two-man and getting Bones on the floor for some of these stretches. It's leveling up. We saw it last night. It was great last
0: night. We've seen it over the last couple games. Those two are playing more together. And also, Jamal Murray's on the floor. Is he on the floor? No, actually, he's not on the floor with with Jokic and Bones. But just when Bones and Jokic are playing, you see a chemistry building. You see those two getting more and more on the same page. You see Jokic trusting Bones, Highland, more, which is a big thing. Like If he trusts Bones, he's going to call for that pick and roll with him. Yes. And you see that building more and more. So... No, Jamal Murray's not coming off the bench. If that was going to happen, it would have already happened. He's going to be the starter. But I think you're going to see more and more Bones Highland with Jamal Murray, yeah. with Nikola Jokic. He's had a really up and down start to the season, Bones, in and out of the lineup, the illnesses. He's just been sick for a lot of the year. I think he's going to be way better You know, over the last... 50-whatever games of the season than he's been over the first you know quarter of the year.
1: Co-sign. Yeah.
0: All right. That's all the time we got for today. Thank you guys for tuning in. The Great Nuggets questions. are off today. They're going to LA. They're flying there right now. They spend a Thursday night in LA and then play the Lakers Friday night at Crypto.com Arena. We'll be right here in the pregame lounge and the postgame lounge to bring you all the coverage you need. We'll talk to you guys then.